When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, it's not going to involve an email from one of you guys. It's going to involve a topic that I think might sound a little bit odd at first when I first tell you the title of this podcast, or you might already know the title of the podcast just by reading the title of the podcast in your app, right? But it's going to be called Trader Without a Conviction, being a convictionless trader. What does that mean? What does it mean to trade without conviction? It almost sounds like, man, you got to believe in what you're buying, right? You got to think that it's going to go higher, right? After you get long on it. No, you don't. You really have to be a convictionless trader to succeed in the stock market. I was doing my morning write up in the trading block and oftentimes <laughs> some of the stuff that I write there inspires me to do a podcast episode off of it. And one of the things that I told people this morning is like, look, I went into the CPI report bearish. I had a bearish position. And then by the time the CPI report came out, I went ahead and closed out the bearish position immediately got long. Now, it sounds like I didn't have any conviction there. As I, and if you thought that, then you were right. I didn't have any conviction about any of my trades. And I don't think you can because the market's ever changing. The market's always willing to prove you wrong. If you have 100% conviction about something when it comes to trading, then why would you need stop losses? Because you believe in it so much, what would be even the point of having a stop loss? The fact that I use stop losses, the fact that I'm so heavily stressing focusing on managing the risk is a sign that I don't really carry a lot of conviction on my trades. Yes, I hope that they go up. I want them to go up. Or if I'm short, I want them to go down. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I know that they're going to go up or that I know that they're going to go down. I leave that in the hands of the market, the hands of the stock to do what it must do. And then I respond to it. But before I get too much further into this topic, what am I drinking here? I've got myself a bottle of Russell Reserve 13. I thought I actually did a review on this, but I apparently I had not. This is barrel-proof, non-chilled, filtered. Guys, this stuff is good. Everything that Russell's Reserve does is good. I mean, I've done reviews now on their single barrel, the 10-year. I've done it on their private select. This is the Russell Reserve 13. They're actually reasonably priced, too, especially like their standard bourbon. Very reasonably priced. I think you can get them in the 40s. I like them. I think every one of these things are at least an everyday sipper. Now, the Russell Reserve 13, I think it was like $130 when I bought this bottle. It does get a little bit higher up in price because of how long it's been aged. But man, I'm telling you, it's good. They even say that, or the rumor has it, that the Russell Reserve 13 was putting a lot of 18 to 20-year-old barrels into this particular product. And it's extremely tasty. I mean, I tell you, the smell, when you put it up to the nose, guys, you're picking up toffee, you're picking up caramel, you're picking up vanilla. To the eye, I mean, this thing's beautiful. It's a really dark brown, but man, just beautifully crystal clear. And to the taste, lots of vanilla flavors. They're really tasty, really strong vanilla, 
really smooth. I love this bourbon. And the, the biggest thing is I wish I could have gotten two or three bottles of it. It was the last one on the stand at the time. Unfortunate because I would love to have had some backups on this one. But then the finish. Finish comes on real strong cinnamon flavors, man. You Real spicy. It tingles the tongue. Tingles it, I tell you. No ethanol. No, like, unpleasurable smells, tastes, finish, nothing. Really good. This is by far the best Russell Reserve I've had yet. I did the private select at 8.7. Definitely worth that. I give this one an 8.9. I think Russell Reserve just all across the board. They're always good. I had a friend call me the other day. He says, Ryan, what bourbon should I pick up? I said, dude, you got to pick up some of the Russell Reserve. He did. He said it was a hit. Oh, before I forget, Russell Reserve, strong, strong proof. It's 114.8 proof, and yet it just tastes amazing. 57.4% alcohol. So Russell Reserve, 13-year, 8.9. Now, back to trading without conviction. Goldman Sachs, they always come out with this list of conviction buys. That's their conviction buy list. And then they take stocks off of their conviction buy list, which I always find ironic. It's like, how strong of a conviction did you have of it? As long as it just keeps going up, well, I have a conviction about any stock that continues to go up all the time and never goes down. But the sad thing is, the stocks do go down. So how much of a conviction can you really have knowing that there's going to be pullbacks? This year alone is a huge testament to how much a stock can pull back. You take a stock like Adobe, trading at almost $700 a share, goes below 300. You take Unity, software, all the way up at 210. That's stock symbol U. Trading at 210 all the way down into the 20s. 90% loss. Most people thought you were crazy for thinking that the NASDAQ could pull back 34%. It did. So you can't have a conviction because stocks will always disappoint you at some point. Even on your long-term holds. What kind of a conviction are you going to have on your long-term positions? If it goes down 80%, are you going to continue holding it? I'm not. I'm not going to hold it if it goes down 50%. Now, that doesn't mean you can't hold stocks long-term because a lot of people have gotten very wealthy doing that and it does work. But there's going to be a time where you buy a stock for the long-term and it doesn't work. And are you going to have like this conviction about it? It's like, no, because I had a conviction when I first started trading about it, I should never sell it. No, I know people that are like that. I got friends, I kid you not. I have friends and I think I've talked about this guy before on this podcast. He probably proclaims to me that he's never had a loss. Oh, I, I don't sell losing stocks. I only have winners. I've never lost in the stock market before. Now, here's the crazy thing. He's got a crap ton of losing stocks in his portfolio. So it begs me to question is that, is your ego so important that instead of selling a stock when it becomes obvious that it's not worth holding anymore, you bag hold it simply because it's worth it to you to continue to take losses so you can say that you never had a losing trade before? Think about that. That's what his ego is worth to him. And who cares? Who cares? If I go out into Times Square holding a sign that says I've had 100 losing trades this year, is anybody going to walk by and really care? No. If you go to a friend's house and tell them, I've had a lot of losing trades this year, are they going to lose sleep over that? No. They're going to go to sleep and sleep like a baby. So it's really just like this conception about ourselves. Like we can't afford to admit that we had a losing trade because nobody else cares. So you got Goldman Sachs. They have their conviction buy list and they're not convicted about it anymore which you could probably say about any stock. Keep going up until it doesn't, and I won't have any faith in you anymore. Then you have, like, Kramer. He talks about, oh, we got to back up the truck on this one. You know, as, and he, he hits the bye, bye, bye. And he has this conviction about stocks, and we've seen plenty of times now that doesn't really pan out that way. Because when you back up the truck on a stock and you load it up and you get overweight in something, at some point, you may have to dump that truck. Traders get overweight in a stock. You see that more with Apple and Amazon and Google. Those stocks, Tesla, People put their whole life savings in the Tesla. You see it with the Wall Street Bets crowd, with GameStop and with AMC. And what do they get in return? Maybe outside of Apple and Amazon, which have performed incredibly well. Even those have pulled back 
quite a bit this year. But most people get completely destroyed over it. They get into margin. They get into leverage. It's one thing to be overweight in a position in your account, but to go into leverage and to, to margin yourself, you have zero room for error. And who knows what the future of Apple looks like or Amazon. For all we know is they could come out with horrible news tomorrow about something that happened at one of their facilities or their outlook for their company, and everything goes to crap. We just saw that this week with FTX. I mean, I'm not trying to say FTX is an Apple or an Amazon. It's not. But guys, the guy went from being worth billions to worth nothing. Just completely destroyed a company overnight. Nobody had a clue about that going on until it happened. Your faith can't be in the stock that you're trading. Your faith has to be in how you're managing the stock, how you're managing the trade, how you're managing the risk. That's where the faith has to come in. That's where your conviction has to come into play. For me personally, I have a conviction on how I manage the risk. My conviction is not in the stocks. I pretty much have no faith in the stocks that I trade. I expect them to disappoint me. In fact, every trade that I get into, I expect it to be a loser. Thus, the reason why I manage the risk. You go back to 2000, the NASDAQ, when it peaked in 2000, Microsoft was trading at $53 a share. It dropped 67%. That's a lot. Oh, but Ryan, you see where it's trading at today? Yeah. You take the NASDAQ, it took like 15, 16 years for it to get back to its all-time highs again. Do you really want to be bag holding that long for it to get back to where it once was? No. Sell it, buy it back when it finally bases and starts to break out again. With the expectation it may work, but if it doesn't work, I'm not going to hold on to it out of conviction. I'm going to go ahead and sell out of it. you got to do that with everything when it comes to the stock market. Don't have conviction. This is what I would tell you conviction is. Now, I know you can look it up on a Webster's Dictionary, but in the stock market, conviction is a lazy way of not having to plan for risk, assuming nothing will actually go wrong. I'll say that again. Conviction is a lazy way of not having to plan for risk, assuming that nothing will go wrong. Before the CPI report came out on Thursday. Actually, let me back it up. I'm going to go to Monday. Monday, I came into the market. I was stopped out. I got back in on Wednesday. Took a quarter position before the CPI report came out on Thursday for about 2% in profits. And then Thursday, we know what happened there. CPI came in light. Market took off. S&P 500 rallied 200 points. I was stopped out at the very beginning of the market open because it was hitting my stop. Actually, it was a little bit beyond my stop loss went ahead and took profits. I took a 3.3% loss on SDS. If I would have had conviction to stay in the trade and just muscle my way through it or even double down on it, instead of getting out at 45.59, I would be looking at a loss in the lower 43s, followed by the following day down into the 42s. That saved me a lot of money by not having conviction and by following my trading plan that I set in place because I don't have conviction about any of my stocks. I do have conviction about how I manage those stocks. Then I get stopped out. Well, Ryan, you can't go from being bearish coming into the day and then flipping bullish just because the market's rallying. Ah, yes, you can. You can flip very quickly because why? I don't have conviction. I don't have about conviction about market direction, and I don't have conviction about the stocks that I trade, just the, in the manner in which I trade them. So yes, I get long. I start playing the Apple bounce. I start playing and bouncing another play. Now I'm up in both of those because I realize that stocks are going to go against me at various points in time throughout the year, many times throughout the year. I'm going to take losses regularly. And so is anybody else who does this long-term. The difference is, is how you manage the losses. You can't be profitable if you don't know how to manage a loss. Show me a good trader and I will look at their losses only and tell you whether or not they're a good trader. I could tell you by the way they manage their losses whether or not they're good at what they do. Also, you want to know what else is good? Swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Yes, you got to check this out. Swingtradingthestockmarket.com is going to give you all of my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include many videos that I provide each and every week, way beyond what you see on YouTube. I'm providing videos, providing you with stocks that I'm watching, also with updates on the overall stock market. And 
on all the big tech stocks. So check that out. You're also going to get my weekly watch list. Really, really, really good offering there. And it's really cheap. So swingtradingthestockmarket.com, support this podcast. Here's what I would tell you as well when it comes to being a convictionless trader. I expect every rally to fail. And I expect every sell-off to eventually bounce. What my job is, is to respond. My job is to respond to when the market does start to rally. And my job is to respond to when it stops rallying. When the market starts selling off, my job is to notice that it's selling off. And if the reward-to-risk ratio is right, to get short. And then my job is also to cover those shorts when the market's not selling off anymore. What I hear a lot of people say, and I saw people do this with the CPI report, oh, it went up too high. I'm going to have to short right here. Why? Do you not think that the market can't go higher than you expect? Of course it can. That's where most people get themselves into trouble because they think that the market can't do something and the market proves them dead wrong and then they don't know what to do because they didn't account for that. They had a conviction. They had a conviction that this thing was going to go back down. And yet it just kept going higher and higher. After the CPI report, did I expect the S&P 500 to rally 200 points? No, I thought if it's a good CPI report, I would probably guess it will rally like 90 points. That's it. It rallied 200 plus points. Guys, it goes back to the fact that I don't have conviction about market direction, about the stocks I trade. I have conviction about how I manage those trades. And those are such different concepts. I have conviction that managing the risk is the ultimate way to find profits in the stock market. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd encourage you to leave me a five-star review. And I will be getting back to your emails in the episodes ahead. But I sometimes I want to do the podcast on a particular topic or something that I think will make sense to you guys while it's fresh in my mind because I start thinking about it and then I, I come up with all these points that I want to just make sure that I hammer home. So I have to deviate from the usual emails and get right to one of these things. So expect that to happen in the future too. I do like to answer your questions and I have some that I still need to get to, but I also like to make sure that when I feel like I'm onto something and usually it's my wife that tells me, Jen's like, Ryan, you should make that a podcast episode. And so I do. And I love her for that. She's really like everything to me. She really helps me out with trading, with life, everything. She's a, she's a great wife. All right, guys. Make sure to keep sending me your emails. Ryan at SharePointer.com. Thank you, guys. And God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.